0: We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies. But they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to TranscendCompany.com THSP. That's TranscendCompany.com THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. I just kind of checked, bro, the last episode he was very nervous. Rightfully so, I think we all were. He, just didn't, he didn't want to touch anything. I saw him trying to like, you know, on the screen. Yeah. And he was like, I could just tell he was afraid to click anything. I don't want to mess like, anything. like, this is Google Chrome, man. Fuck.
1: I'm not used to this. <laughs> I
2: fucked up on the last Baller Buster episode. I didn't want to do it
0: again. No, no. You didn't bust any balls in this Baller Buster episode. Yeah. You're fine. Right. Which yeah. was a banger. Banger. But it's uh, TBD by the time you hear this. This episode will come out on Friday uh, this week. It is now Monday the 27th as we record it. So you will not get that Baller Buster Chapter 2 episode uh, for probably a week uh, after that. hmm Yeah. But... Uh, that's a little uh, foreshadowing in the business, kids. Yeah, let's do this. Meanwhile, welcome back to the number one financial literacy podcast in the entire fucking world. Universe, even, if you will. Yeah, I mean, if there's a multiverse, that too. Yeah, all the verses. Why stop there?
1: Yeah, even we're the, everywhere. Even the Child Gambino verses.
0: Yeah, this just happens to be our lowest um, visually accepting. Ver- I mean, if you were to go to another multiverse, we had like millions of followers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you just
0: stumbled across this one. Yeah, where well, we're still growing, that's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sitting next to me, my partner in time, also another multiverse reference, the one and only, Side Omar.
1: Oh, thank you. Sitting next to me, and my partner in crime, Chris Nahebi. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Mm,
0: I still get offended with the criminal reference. And outside, <laughs> on the ones and twos, the nervous man, the man who did not fuck up the last Baller Buster episode, the one and only, Arun. DJ right, everyone.
1: DJ Arun.
0: Uh oh. Can't be a DJ if you're afraid to click buttons. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of your only job.
1: You got, there's a <laughs> like,
0: lot of buttons. Bro,
2: you yelled at me when you, when you walked out of the room. You're like, don't touch anything. I'm, like,
0: I'm not. I just, because, he, no, no, here's the part you didn't see. In my defense, okay, bear with me. When Saeed got here before you, because you showed up two minutes before we started recording, um, Saeed got here and he, uh, he sat down in the room to test the audio and it was working fine. And then something clicked back over there. I, I still don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And it reset all the audio. Right. And it took me like five minutes to figure it out. So I was like, please, just don't touch anything. Because I just, I literally had just figured out what the hell was wrong. Right. So at least to fix the audio, I don't know why it happened.
1: That's what happened.
0: So it wasn't because I hate you. It's because I didn't want you to fall for my same mistakes. I didn't even know how to close the conversation. I was like,
2: should I leave studio? Should I end call? What should, what, what should I do?
0: I know. I, yeah. I, I can tell. Right. Yeah.
1: You're fine. It's cute.
0: Thanks. Oh.
1: Let's just say we're building the circle of trust again. <laughs>
0: a year into it. That's not true. Uh, Arun, I'm just going to, just for shits and giggles, okay, since we're here. Oh, shit. Where is the uh, script you want me to read again? It's in the middle of the screen. <laughs> and I know you do this shit on purpose. Thank on you. Purpose? Please. Jesus Christ. I had, do-
1: I had somebody at the office today ask me,
0: why is it
1: chris can't
0: read (laughs) i don't know i mean this goes back to like law school like i I, I would be in classes and i somebody asked me to read from a book and be like please don't call me please don't call me fuck "Fuck."
1: well i defended you i said it's because odin's always fucking with him he's putting the the script behind the cameras
0: Mm. That does happen a lot, but in Arun's Defense, I, I just can't read. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I I'm really making a conscious effort to teach my son how to read well. He's in, like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, don't be like your dad, son. Yeah. Sound real articulate until somebody asks you to quote something. Right. And so speaking of quotes, let's see how badly this goes. This week's episode, we're gonna be talking about growth in US holiday retail sales. This obviously coming on the on the heels of Black Friday and today, which happens to be Cyber Monday. I think the numbers will be a slight increase year over year, but certainly not what we experienced in previous years.
1: Absolutely, and I think that a lot of the growth that they may have seen would have been online the e-commerce divisions.
0: Yeah, I got that vibe. Although we did go to uh, Home Goods on Sunday, mm-hmm. and it was fucking packed, man. Really? Like fucking half an hour to get out of that store. Yeah, I will. I went wait in line. I
1: went to uh, South Coast Plaza on
0: Friday. Why would you do that? I my Joanna was like. Can we go to can we go to the Spectrum and return something? I'm like, it's Black Friday. Fuck no.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. I was leaving I was leaving the office and my wife called me. And she's like, "Oh no. You know, uh, um, Adam's begging to to go to Ruby's. He rarely ever asked to have any meal. Adam he doesn't care what he eats. He just eats he, and he just wants to get back to playing, doing whatever he does. He doesn't care for food much. So he for whatever reason begging to go to Ruby's. We're like she's like, "I feel like I have to take him. He never asked for anything." Wow. Well. So, yeah, so we went, and it was uh,
0: exactly whatever you thought it would be like. A complete, colossal, giant shit show? Yeah. 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 I I would not have done that. You're a better human than me. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, son, I hate to let you down, but this is the first of many in your life, okay?
1: (laughs) It was love. That was love.
0: We're going to talk a lot in this show about homes, uh, home prices, and the current status of the market. We've been doing this a lot lately, but I think... um, I think continuing to keep perspective as things shift is important, particularly because so many people who listen to the show are in the mortgage business or lending business around homes. And so many of you are realtors that do listen. So giving you a fresh data-filled perspective and keeping you current, I think is important. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about uh, stocks versus house uh, homes and commercial real estate. We'll talk a little bit about my favorite, uh, the Cobisi letter, Uh, 40% of all U.S. homes currently don't have mortgages. That number was fucking huge to me.
1: Let me tell you right now, I'm not part of that 40%. Yeah,
0: I am also not part of that 40%. (laughs) We'll talk about existing home sales dropping again for October. Home prices falling in 25 of the top 100 markets. And to buy or not to buy? That is the question.
1: I mean, that's always the question.
0: But That's no lie in the mind. Slings and arrows about a rage fortune. Right by opposing. no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> talk about Bank of America revealing rent is cheaper than mortgage in all but two of 97 major metropolitan areas. Ooh, that number shrunk, huh? Uh, yeah. Number we'll was I think it was four before. Now yeah, it's two. Now it's two. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a fucking problem. Yeah. And then we'll go on if we have time. To talk about Black Friday and OpenAI. Uh, Sam Altman has once again, as a saga has unraveled, yeah. now pivoted once again.
1: Yeah. We you know what they said, right? Microsoft just said. Turn your ass back around. I need you to go back and run that whole division over there. You know, we need you
0: over there. Sam, you're going to sell us eventually anyway. (laughs) Exactly. You're going to sell to us anyway.
1: Right. Exactly. And then at the end of the show,
0: we got some reviews. Yeah. Who knew we made
1: somebody a millionaire? You know what it was? What? It was we called them out and they listened. Uh,
0: Well, I I think that Saïd believes this particular listener may have been trolling. I think this particular listener was telling us the God's honest truth.
1: Yeah. And you got to stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out.
0: And sometimes if you get financial literate, you do all the right things, you put yourself in the right position to win, you're going to win. You're going to win. You're going to win, Saeed. That's true.
1: To our podcast listeners out there, whether that's on Apple or on Spotify, please go ahead and leave us an honest five-star review. Because if it's not five stars, you know it's not honest. And if you're watching us over on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, that like button, ring that notification bell, and make sure you do all
0: the goody good. Which we now know is sexual favors. <laughs> because you listened to the last episode. There was always some sexual undertone. 197. That wasn't undertone. We looked that up. <laughs> yes. Urban Dictionary said explicitly sex. Yeah, that's what it said. From chart of the day, CNBC's chart of the day vis-a-vis Instagram. I liked this one, though, is a good way to kick off the show because we're coming through the holiday season. In 2020, holiday spending was up 9.1% from the year prior. That's a, that's a pretty big jump. According to the National Retail Federation, in 2021, spend was up. 12.7% year over year. And in 2022 was up 5.4%.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So obviously on the way down from what looks appears to be a peak in 2021. As of 2023, uh, as it comes to a close, that growth in the holiday spend is expected to slow to just 3 to 4% according to the NRF, the National Retail Federation. The expected slowdown has led many retailers to approach the holiday season with more caution than Wall Street anticipated. And I thought... As I was scrolling through the the grams, you know, late at night, scrolling. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. What? I can't. I'm
1: going to leave that
0: alone. What does your scrolling sound like? Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an undertone if it's an audible tone. There you go. Okay, Got it. So anyway, I'm scrolling. And uh, one of the things I saw was really popular on Instagram. You maybe guys have seen it too. Is that there were people were pulling out the Black Friday sale signs at Target. Mm. And underneath it was the exact same sale price. <laughs> <laughs> they just changed the slide. Yeah, they got lazy. Yeah, well, I think a lot of this is the culprit. I don't think I don't think because the sales are going to be down. I don't think they have the ability to d- discount. They're right. trying to maintain their profits.
1: Exactly. So I think
0: this is where a lot more of that is coming from this year more than any other year. I can't remember where I read this. Uh,
1: this year, though, retailers added approximately 135,000 jobs uh, You know, for this time of year. And that's actually some of the lowest ever in the last five years. Of the last five years, it's the lowest.
0: And you can expect those jobs to be eliminated after the holiday season when people go, okay, well, we've had a slower holiday season than normal. Right. We don't expect to see growth. We actually expect to see kind of a little bit of a runoff. Yeah. So I think you see uh, this overtime wind up winding down a little bit.
1: Right. And it makes you it makes me believe that, look, these guys are very much data dependent, right? They see all the same data that we're reading. They got They got people in their businesses that are probably telling them the same exact thing. So if this is the lowest amount of employees that they're hiring, they're expecting a major slowdown. I'm sure they're very much aware of the student loan debt repayments. What's going on?
0: I just had a a fucking moment of epiphany. We did this. No.
1: Black on black with white?
0: You're wearing Converse. I'm wearing Vans. We're dressed in all black. Arun, I I just need you to be honest for all of our sakes here, okay? Are we those Middle Eastern guys now? Are we the Wutabi brothers?
1: (laughs) Who are those guys? Doug
0: Wutabi and Steve Wutabi.
1: I don't know who they are.
0: Fuck. I'm sorry. Who are they? Night at the Roxbury, bro. Oh, Doug and Steve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No? Oh, that would be oh, great. It that was well-timed. Yeah, it was well-timed, right? We practiced that when you weren't here. <laughs> you know, when you were showing up late to the show. PTO? <laughs> yeah, guy goes on PTO for a week, comes back, and he's like, literally two minutes before the show starts. All right, here you guys. Bro, it's game day. This <laughs> guy doesn't need to warm up. He just shows up. No warm-up line. He just comes in
1: and ready to start, coach.
0: Yeah, speaking of which, uh, pro player, iconic uh, leader of the team here, the guy <laughs> who gets more PTO than anybody else in the world, a uh, little, little uh, bad news for you that uh, we – decided in your absence
2: oh okay i've been fired again
0: no no not fired uh, promoted if you will um so we actually ordered what is known as an atem extreme iso it will substitute for our current uh atem iso pro mini that we have mm-hmm. or mini pro iso whatever right so you might be saying what the fuck does this mean chris it's all foreign language to me it means we've got four more camera angles possibly five that we can add in to the current show which will include a camera on your ass yeah, buddy, and we already got the cameras. We already have the cameras, so uh, you're gonna have to start dressing a little prettier.
1: He's not gonna, dude. He's not gonna care. I know. He's just gonna. He's gonna rock it.
0: So we decided that black is the way is the theme color of the show. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do
0: my hair moving forward, huh? Yeah. Also, thanks for the thumbnail last episode, buddy. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. So uh, I feel like there was some sarcasm. <laughs> I didn't do it. No, he didn't <laughs> oh, do it. Oh shit! My bad. But he was doing it from the from the beach. Uh, while, while he was drinking. While he was, <laughs> while he was drinking. So yeah, so all all of these companies, all these retailers definitely have people that are you know reading the same data points that we are. So they for sure knew that with student loan repayments coming back online, that it was going to hurt their profit margins.
0: I think the world knew it. I, I just think that the the sad state of affairs was that most people really believed that the White House was going to actually do this, even though we said over and over again on the show it was unconstitutional. And guess what? It still is largely unconstitutional as presented for the macro. But, of course, similarly situated people treated differently uh, generally has a different um, response when you're looking at people who are in different financial positions. So I don't think what's happened so far will be contested from a constitutionality standpoint. But certainly if you did everybody, you can always expect that to be challenged. Mm -hmm. Always. Always. Uh, Well, there's a 401k kind of position that's happening an evolution of the 401k world yeah that i think is is a good jumping off point so now we know that holiday spending is likely and is projected to be lower because of some of the extra stress that we've seen in the economy well that isn't the only sign kids from cbs news here's how much or how little the typical american has in a 401k i found this stunning did you yeah of course
1: this is something that's near and dear to my heart.
0: Okay. Why is that?
1: Because I remember being in my early 20s and talking to my friends because I took a personal finance course uh, okay. in college. Yeah. And um, I quickly realized you know, how important it is to understand what compound interest is. Compound interest is amazing. Right? Eighth wonder of the world. Hmm. And I made sure to go and tell all my friends. I think Odin, I don't know if you remember. I was on his ass for years saying, hey, dude, get started. Throw some money at it, whatever you can. Just whatever leftover money you can. If it's 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever whatever you can, and let that thing grow because it's the thing that's going to, you know, really help you in the long run.
0: Yeah, Un- vastly underestimated because people look at it as a, as, as a way to impact their cash flow for spending ability now and they mm-hmm. don't see the value. Yeah. And then a lot of people, a lot of the rhetoric on social media right now is like, why would you invest in a 401k, bro? Yeah. Can't use it until you're almost dead, 65. And I'm like, bro, we're living in the like 80s. Right. You know, that's 20 years of your life.
1: Yeah. And if, if you're banking on medicine only getting better.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Right. Or you're on TRT, sponsored by transcendcompany.com. Yeah. Go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Click the link and fill out your information so you can learn about how I stay sexy year round.
1: Yeah. And how you'll probably live longer than me. <laughs>
0: I actually want to try their Wolverine stack or whatever it's called. It's on. Uh,
1: I like that they call them stacks.
0: Yeah, well, because you're stacking different peptides. But yeah,
1: yeah, I know. But we were calling different things stacks on the last episode. Bibles, yeah, <laughs> racks and bibles.
0: As of the third quarter, 401k participants whose plan was managed by Fidelity Investments had a median balance of twenty three thousand eight hundred dollars, according to recent data from wealth from the wealth management firm. I found that number to be shockingly low Mm -hmm. um, considering it's the average of everybody. Yes. Well, savings were even slimmer for other types of retirement plans uh, with median savings of $20,600 for 403B accounts and $14,500 for individual retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. One measure of how many people are likely to fall short, an August survey from brokerage firm Charles Schwab found that Americans say they need $1.8 million to retire comfortably.
1: That's a lot of money.
0: That's a big difference from 23800 yeah, Now, a long way to say, go. Yeah. I will say, most Americans, historically, and I think we're walking into some very uncharted territory with times where this is going to pivot, have built up the majority of their net worth and the equity, the appreciation in their home values over time.
1: Yes. But there's no reason why you can't have both. There's right? no
0: reason why you can't have both. And there should be, I mean, at least a, a significant component mm-hmm. of... Of your net worth. It, sh- it should be...
1: We know we know that 60 to 65% of Americans out there are living paycheck to paycheck, right? And I know this is a tough time right now for everybody given where inflation is. And I know minimum payments on your credit card bills are sky high because credit card debt's at an all-time high of $1. mm-hmm. $1.08 trillion, right? But it's an easy tactic that you could take that I adopted like a while ago to make sure I could hit that threshold, because there's a, there is a threshold... If you don't know that you can only, I think, deposit up to $18,000 a year into your 401k, right? They cap you. And um, one thing that I, I did early was to, time I got a pay raise, I would put a little bit more into my 401k to make sure that I would try to hit that mark. Mm. Okay. You know, that's one tactic. And something that they, you need, it's, what's really beneficial is the money that comes out of your paycheck is pre-tax dollars. So then it ultimately lowers your taxable income
0: at the end of the year yeah it does and uh depending on what your financial position is in life and, and what you're doing it could be more or less impactful but it's certainly yeah. something from a compound interest perspective even if you have to put it in and pay taxes on it in my mind it's still worth it
1: yeah 100 percent.
0: so arun is uh just brought up feathering the nest egg it's a chart from this same article which compares gen z millennials gen x and baby boomers savings obviously the baby boomers have the most they're just an older generation so compound interest has helped them out uh, the most but mm-hmm. It's kind of shocking to see where these numbers are, uh, at least where they're starting from today versus where these people are at now in different generations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this, can, this tells me a whole lot, but it shows the average amount of the money across, across each generation and how they've saved for retirement. Uh, I think, if anything, it's compelling. The baby boomers now have used this and leveraged this, plus the equity in their homes for what we'll talk about in the future, in a lot of the housing market. So that that's what these two articles really link together, is I want to set kind of the context uh, of the gap in disparity. Mm. Yeah. And for, for one of those, hey, uh, let's, let's give you guys a little bit of the, the ball now, as they say in law school, or the point of this whole kind of macro conversation. The biggest concern that we've had with what we're seeing in the housing market and this, unaf- this uh, un- I keep saying unaffordable, but this affordability crisis is that if the middle class cannot continue to buy and that they can't have this equity appreciation in their home, clearly, if you look at the C- uh, CBS News article, they're not going to get that in the 401k. Mm-mm. So where are the investments that most Americans are going to make to help continue to push them into the middle class, if not the upper class? Right. It's going to be starting businesses. It's going to be things like that because you're not going to get it from where traditionally you could be a saver and just save and get there.
1: Which I think is something that is even more intimidating, right? To start a business, I think, requires a lot of planning. And whereas if you were to start just investing into your future long term, you if you're if if you're adverse to risk, right? There's different risk levels you can apply to your accounts, right? There's mm-hmm. low to moderate to aggressive, yep. right? So if you can take a less aggressive approach and really plan for your future, but I agree with you. I think people are going to have to start businesses if they're really going to try to find a way to bump themselves up either into the middle class or the upper class.
0: And people say, well, Chris, you, I could always invest in things. Yes. But if you're going to be very good at investing in something, you're effectively starting a business. You're just your business is investing in assets, if assuming you have the investable dollars. Yeah. So it's really no different from a perspective. I think the sad conclusion that, that site is alluding to here is, is the younger generation is gonna have to get used to taking on more risk to accomplish their goals. Whereas the now baby boomer generation had the luxury of saving their money, putting into a home, building a 401k, and boom, those things together give them this opportunity for wealth in their later stages of life which i don't know that this particular earlier younger generation is going to have that same luxury
2: yeah what if millennials haven't done anything yet what, what recommendation would you give for them
0: i mean start all of this if you can right i mean if you can start your 401k if you're with a company that does that do that because they, they match your dollars it's free money um uh, certainly dollar cost average find uh low cost index funds i'm a big fan of voo IVO, all the, all the vanguard low cost ones if, if you're going to self-manage you can Start something like Acorns, which The Rock is now endorsing. He has a. I remember a deal you. With him. I remember
1: you started that. Like, I want to say over eight or nine years ago.
0: Yeah, no, and it's been uh, it's been interesting. So, for those of you don't know how Acorns works, uh, they're in Irvine, so uh, they're close proximity to our corporate offices. But um, no affiliation with us. No affiliation with us whatsoever, uh, other than the fact that obviously I look like The Rock, and you know, there's a aesthetic symmetry there. Symmetry and say so it looks like symmetry, and say so it looks like what? I'm not going to Kevin Hart. Oh, I'm okay with that. That's mean. I'm okay with that. That's Before mean. the
1: accident or after the accident? <laughs>
0: no, he, he's fine now, right? He's, he's, recovered? he's good. Is he? Yeah, I think he's yeah. good. I hope so. Does that mean that he's Arcade Hudson? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be clear on what the role is cause I'm, so I can label it later on.
1: Yeah, no, he's Zach Efron.
0: Oh, Zach Efron's face has changed. He's, he's just not, not as handsome as he once was. No? No. Wow, look at you. Hater. Yeah. Not the, a hater. The audacity. He's, he just looks like he's on a lot of gear. He looked, Yeah. It's very sad. Okay. Such just a handsome a, boy. A lot of gear is bad. Oh, uh, Harun's got it pulled up. Okay. That's the Zach wow. Efron. No, that's not even the, the worst. Look up uh, Zach Efron's new movie that just came out. Um, Zach Efron, uh, new movies. Yeah, sure. That's it. That one right there, the, the top left. Oh, this is a role, though. Yeah. But look at his face, though. He got really, really big for this movie about wrestling, but his face. Looks different. So he said that he slipped and fell and had like a jaw injury way back in the day, and that it required him to have some stuff done. But look at his face. Yeah. That's not. That's not surgery. That's not role. That's that's just his body type. His physical appearance has changed. Yeah. I mean, the gear will
1: do that. Something too much of too
0: much of it will. I mean, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, HGH will do that more than anything else. But. Uh, yeah. Okay, can we get back on topic? God damn it! Keep talking. Th- Jesus Christ, sight. Sorry, man. Focus, man. Okay, I'm on. From Business Insider, this is a long title and it's got an even more long, longer quote behind it. So bear with me. Stocks, houses, and commercial real estate are all expensive and prices are under quote notable end quote pressure, Fed economists say. Mm. Nothing sexy there, right? All stuff that we kind of know and we've touched on. But I want you to think about this, what I'm about to read to you, and it's very long and I do apologize, in the context of what they're trying to accomplish when they say and cite these things as concerns. Okay. Okay. These are the Fed economists. And just as a reminder, the Fed is the one controlling things like the Fed funds rates and when they cut, decide to cut rates. It does have reverberating impacts of things like house, home prices, like unemployment, like wages. Mm. So all of this could be something that you could read through and think to yourself, okay, what do they mean by this and what are they likely to do? Yeah, where are they headed? Exactly. All right. So the staff characterized asset valuation pressures as notable. In particular, the staff noted that valuations in equities, housing, and commercial real estate were high. Read the, uh, read the minutes from the Fed's meeting three weeks ago, published on Tuesday. Uh, so let's start right there. The Fed's own economists and their own staff are saying that equities, the stock market, mm-hmm. okay, the housing market, and commercial real estate were high. Right. All the news has been focused on commercial real estate, but they're clearly overlooking the fact that... The Fed is looking at the stock market. Yes. Is looking at the housing market and say these things are overvalued.
1: Yeah. our boy And our boy Gary Schilling last week was mentioning how the stock market still had another 30% way to go down.
0: It's still early in our relationship, having split from Noriel Rabini as, as recently as we have. But I feel comfortable that I can support him now. Yeah? I don't think that he's going to pimp crypto quite the way that Noriel did. never know, man. Noriel let us down. He did let us down.
1: I don't think I've ever been let down like that before. Motherfucker. Audacity.
0: I I immediately recalled the email that I sent to his management team. (laughs) You recall Asking him to be on the show. Months ago? No, I just sent them an email (laughs) saying, I recall that email. (laughs) (laughs) They also did not respond to that, probably because I recalled it. Yeah. Economists at the U.S. Central Bank noted that both stock valuations and housing prices have climbed to historic heights. Quoting again from the article, the forward price to earnings ratio... For S&P 500 companies rose to the top 25% of its historical distribution, the minutes read. House prices increased to the upper end of their historical range relative to fundamentals, despite tight credit conditions in the mortgage market. So despite all these things that are happening, values are still way higher than they should be. Absolutely. The Fed is clearly watching this. This is their economist in their own minutes from their own meetings. Yes. Okay. The reason why they're watching it, though, is because we know
1: that they need things like housing to come down, right? In order, in order for them to hit their two percent target range, in order for them to cut in the Fed funds rate, which will ultimately ease, you know, some some of the pressures that ultimately uh, stimulate the economy again. They need for this to come down because it makes up such a high percentage of the report. Hundred percent, right? So, there until. Until this comes down or something breaks, they're gonna maintain this level. And I think we we just posted this past week that we made a early prediction that they're done.
0: Yes, we did. Your face on the cover of that one. So if, if, <laughs> I saw. Yeah. Strate- I made sure both of our faces were there. No, no, you. you went how with about me. How about you? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not taking responsibility for this shit. His name Saeed Omar. Everybody, Saeed yeah. at higherstandardpodcast.com. com. Reach out. Holler yeah. at your boy. But more importantly than 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 all of that. I think one of the things we've seen in the news lately is this huge condemnation of the commercial real estate sector. And we'll talk more about that in in the upcoming uh, quote. But what I think is crazy to me is the fact that realtors will say, oh, my God, the commercial real estate sector is bad. But home values, they're just they're just just not going to come down. And I've been fucking with Logan from Housing Wire in his DMs and his comments, like challenging things that he says, because he's very much on the side of the home builder. I'm not saying that he's wrong. Mm. I'm just saying that he does have a bias and a slant. Okay, and he will never respond to me, and it's funny because we have mutual friends in common, and it's like all good. But I keep I keep going. Like I'm not unless you block me or 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 restrict me from commenting. I'm going hard, bro. Right. You got to go full Dave Ramsey on me. Give me a stop. <laughs> so he really supports the the Home Builders Association. He see, does, so. and he doesn't think. And his theory is one that I you know I, I can I can buy into. He's like, look, the Fed's going to cut rates. When they cut rates, home prices, mortgage rates go down. The home uh, home market uh, will pick up activity, will pick up again. I and think then, that I
1: agree. I think that it will.
0: And then you'll see home values go up. And that'll be bad. That would mean we, had, we have now experienced a resurgence in inflation. It, well, and that's my point to him is, okay, then you have a double dip recessionary economy and you have a big problem. Yes. So I, I said, look, I'm not saying that they're going to continue to increase rates, but I do think they're going to hold them higher for longer, which is what they have literally been saying.
1: Yeah. And if we can all agree that they may begin to cut rates in July of next year, that doesn't mean they'll be
0: cutting rates at the same cadence that they raised rates. Charles Schwab came up with a big prediction saying that they think the housing market will take an average valuation decline of 3% next year. And I think that's probably reasonable. Yeah. Given what we've seen. Not, not enough. Not, not, enough, en- not enough.
1: Not enough for people that have been waiting on the sidelines. You know, but the, you also, in, in order for it, for it to come down at a, at a level that where it would be a notable correction, I mean, a lot of other shit would have to get fucked up, Right. Would, technical term. Technical term of the yeah. show, okay. right, yeah. would have to get fucked up in order to get there. And so you're
0: saying this shit would have to get fucked?
1: All the shits oh. would need to get fucked all the way up. All the way up. Yeah, in right. order to have a notable correction. Is there an index that tracks the shit fucking? Uh, Yeah, it's called the Higher Standard Index. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you wish we had that index. That's how you know we've been doing this for too long. Yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of jokes I come up with. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse grammar to the moon or the higher standard shit fucking index. (laughs) (laughs) Moreover, the rate increases have lifted mortgage costs to their highest levels in more than two decades. That's caused an affordability crisis and frozen the housing market as priced out buyers wait for better deals and the prospective sellers have hang on to the cheaper rates they've locked in, that creating that lock-in effect that we've spoken about so many times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As for the debt-laden commercial real estate sector, it's faced a painful mix of declining property values, higher interest rate costs, and a credit crunch as lenders pull back in a fear of a surge in defaults or a fresh wave of deposit withdrawals. Those pressures... Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Those, pressures, uh, points, uh, le- those pressure points led to the Fed staffers to flag the, quote, notable vulnerabilities in the U.S. financial system, including funding risks and the amount of leverage in the financial sector, talking more about debt really there than anything else. Uh, they also cautioned of moderate vulnerabilities uh, tied to business and household debt.
1: Yeah, something that we've seen over the last, I think, two quarters or so, a lot of companies out there have been trying to tackle their corporate debts, yep. right? Any extra cash that they may have had that they would have otherwise, you know, reinvested in their companies or tried to expand and grow or give some of their employees perks. What, what they're now doing is really tackling their corporate debts because interest rates on those are adjusting and they just need to make sure that they stay cash flow
0: positive. So this is the part where we start giving you the harsh realities, the truths, the bitch slap facts. Technical term. Bitch Life Facts. Sponsored by the Higher Standard Podcast. Yeah. Well, from the Kobisi letter, a record of approximately 40% of all U.S. homes don't have a mortgage.
1: Damn, I wish I was there.
0: Yeah, I, um, I guess if I consolidated it. Well, so here's my problem with that. If you have a home, you mm-hmm. should have a mortgage that maximizes your tax benefit from an interest rate-off deduction.
1: I think that, but it's capped at like
0: $10,000. Now, it wasn't always. Yeah, it wasn't always. Yeah. So... It,
1: uh, your boy Trump really fucked that up for everybody.
0: Yes, he did. Selfish son of a bitch. Why? Huh? Ah, mm-hmm. Just because he doesn't need it anymore. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, I don't need this. That was great when I had it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck y'all. <it> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> At first, this seems like great news, but it really just emphasizes how unaffordable this market is. Currently, a record approximately, again, 35% of housing market transactions are all in cash. Mm. Somebody play Jay-Z. <laughs>
1: yeah, ball so hard. But that doesn't mean that they will remain all cash, right? I mean, some people will still take out a loan.
0: Eh, twenty five, twenty seven percent. I would say is probably average cash transactions in the market. Okay. So it's not up as much as it seems. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think what happens is you get a lot of so. Well, this goes on to talk about it, but basically, you got a lot of equity appreciation in a short period of time. People mm-hmm. are cashing out. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I goes. mean, so they could technically do that, right? So if somebody were to come in and buy a house all cash. That doesn't mean that they can't get a loan on it later to pull some of that cash out.
0: No, not at all. It just means that they can make their offer much more attractive and then load to refinance and do some, pull some cash out, yeah. subject to the lender's maximum cash out limits. Sometimes it's $500,000, sometimes it's a million dollars, but right. more so, than enough for most Americans. So
1: why would a seller, I mean, if, if you have a pre-approval letter, right, that says, I'm good for this loan amount. You see that I have the down payment uh, to support the transaction. Why would a seller still go with someone that has cash and even possibly take slightly less because they have cash?
0: Less red tape. uh, You don't have to deal with those contingencies, uh, usually an appraisal uh, contingency, uh, an inspection contingency, and a financing contingency.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Financing contingency basically means that they can't get a loan, they can back out of the transaction, and there'll be no harm, no foul. Right. Well, uh, the financing contingency also has the challenges of the lender. They're going to want to get an appraisal. They're going to want to get their inspections, all of which you're probably doing on your own anyway, right? right. But you can remove almost all the other contingencies if you don't have a financing contingency because mm-hmm. you don't need an appraisal. You've already told me you're willing to pay for it. What the fuck do you care what it appraise for? You right. cash, yeah, right? The lender does that because they want to make sure they don't you know, get over-leverage with a loan-to-value perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, in the inspection one, you could waive, but generally speaking, you want to do that anyway, but usually the lender will require you to do it. So you can do all those contingencies you can get rid of if you wanted to. And then if you have an all-cash offer, you can close faster because you don't have to wait for them to get all their paperwork together, underwrite the loan, get all these third-party reports in, and then right. go, okay, this makes sense. We're going to, yes, do it, or no, we're not going to do it, or we'll do it this way. You can get it. You know, right away, that person can just pay you cash, close the transaction, and none of that shit is going to get in the way and stop the transaction.
1: Yeah, something that I've always uh, wa- wanted to know about, I don't think anything can technically track this, but a certain percentage of homes, they they what they do track is how many homes sell above list price or below list price. Yeah. And I think that number for the month of October actually went up where up in the sense where uh transactions closed below list price. Mm. and I'm curious I, I wish there was something that tracked if it was because the property didn't come in at, at the appraised value amount, right And oh
0: how many appraisals are coming in lower yeah
1: i want I want to know if appraisals are actually starting to come in lower. Not at the list
0: price. You know, we used to do such a, a tremendous amount of volume that I had a kind of a real time feel for that. Yeah, exactly. I don't have that feel anymore because we're not doing anywhere near the volume that we once were because mm-hmm. transactions are so much less these days.
1: Transactions, people are just yeah. waiting on the side and waiting for things to bottom out.
0: But it depends on what market you're in too. I mean, 25 of the top 100 markets are seeing declines in value now. Yeah. Which to me is kind of wild. So if right. you're in one of those 25 markets, I guarantee those appraisals are coming in lower. Right. I
1: mean, for, I mean, for the last year and a half, two years or so, if, value even if values were coming in lower than the agreed upon purchase price of a transaction the seller didn't care they expected you to come up with the extra cash and figure it out right Mm -hmm. whereas now i feel like some of the power is shifted back over onto the buyer side where they're not waiving their financing contingencies up front oh yeah that's
0: that's nowhere near as bad as it once was
1: yeah and that's that's now out the window and i think there's a they have a little bit more leverage on their side
0: Certainly do. And uh, here's part of the reason as to why Yahoo Finance existing home sales drop again in the month of October. Many home buyers abandoned the resale uh, housing market last month as elevated rates and rising home prices crushed affordability. Sales of previously owned homes dropped 4.1% in October for, from the month before to an annualized rate of $3.79 million, The National Association of Realtors reported on Tuesday. That was 14.6% lower than a year ago and below the 3.9 million units predicted by the economists polled by Bloomberg. So mm-hmm. even less than the economists who are supposed to know these things uh, really pontificated.
1: Yeah, what they do is they take the amount of units for that month and they just annualize that figure, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then that, that actually, that figure, I believe, is, is down. Or um, the, actually the, the supply, the existing supply is, I'm sorry, up. You're very confusing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's actually up. It went up from three, uh, three months to 3.6 months, right? Which is starting to show you that things, inventory is starting to stay online and people are trying to get out. And you got to start asking why, right? Are
2: we
0: in UK back
1: there? Yeah, I'm good. Look quiet. Wait, so you're saying people are trying to sell their homes now? I think, I think some of the inventories are staying online more and this, the existing supply is starting to grow. Very minimal. It went from three months to now 3.6 months. A healthy economy is six to nine months
0: see how I brought a rune in the question because you didn't make any sense? Who didn't
1: make any sense? You. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry, I I should clarify. It was confusing. Yeah. Thank We're, you. He made, one,
2: he made one slip, Chris. He did. Yeah. I yeah. Know. But we I,
0: need, it needed to be clarified. See, in, in my in my defense, I make the slips every single time I read.
1: <laughs> no, we
0: It's very difficult, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when you say some shit and you're like, damn, that made no sense.
1: Yeah, I'm like, damn, I need to mm. fuck that's that got really fucking confusing.
0: Yeah. Then the times where, like, the, the, the text is wrong that I'm reading from, I almost want to, like, highlight it and be like, look, guys, it's not me. I feel like Orun edits it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I did one time, and It does. didn't work out. Oh, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, the, one time, it. the one time we did, I'm like, this looks too normal. <laughs> well, during, despite all these existing home sales dropping, uh, the median home price jumped 3.4% year over year, marking the fourth straight month of annual gains and the largest increase since November of 2022. The median price of $391,800 was the highest for the month of October. Wow. Yeah, kind of wild. Still, the National Association of Realtors anticipates the existing home sales will climb 15% in 2024 after declining 18% this year, with expectations that mortgage rates will fall to between 6 and 7% by the spring selling season. And you know what? I mean this with absolute integrity and honesty, and I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful or rude. And I know that politically this can become very difficult, so I'm going to try not to make it stigmatized by using big words. They're out of their fucking mind again. What's wrong with these people? Lawrence, you know, over there smoking crack. And Montel Williams, was that his name? Montel. Remember Montel? Williams, not to be confused with Montel. Right. Yeah.
1: Because we would never attack somebody like Like, Montel.
0: seriously, guys, what the fuck, man? Okay, first of all, if mortgage rates do drop, yeah, I'm sure some people are going to buy. But let's be clear. In order to affordability to return to normalized levels, Mm -hmm. you need home values to come down, you need rates to come down, and you need wages to go up. Yeah, the trifecta, if you will. Which I don't see happening anytime soon. I mean, how
1: can wages go up? They're not going to. If businesses are becoming less and less profitable, how can they continue to have wages go up? So
0: there's a fundamental problem, okay? Mm -hmm. And higher for longer. Yeah, we might get a rate cut in June. Sure, you might get two rate cuts next year. Expect them to be 25 basis points each. Right. Okay? don't expect them to be 75 basis points because they're going to get they're going to try to aim for 2% and you're not getting the 2%. Again, reminder, 33% of inflation is rent or rent equivalent and rent equivalent is tantamount to what you're paying for your home, your actual buying dollar amount of your home broken down into a mortgage. Right. So let me so let me ask you a question.
1: So the 10-year treasury so has started to come down a little bit, right? It's at 4.4%.
0: It moved down almost almost 70 basis points, yeah.
1: Yeah, almost 70 basis points and we know mortgage rates are tied, or they're closely you know, tied to the 10-year, right? Um, when the Fed doesn't raise interest rates, and they remain stagnant, but the 10-year starts to come down, mm-hmm. why is that? Because a lot of people think that when the Fed raises interest rates, then the 10-year tenure, the tenure should go up, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't always work like that. So why is it that you think we've, we've started to see the tenure start to come down a little bit over the last
0: week or, you know, couple of weeks? It depends on people's confidence in, in the future of the markets. Mm-hmm. It really speaks more about where they think the, the risk is, if it's in the near term or if it's in the long term.
1: And by people, you
0: mean? The, the, the secondary market. So all of these things compete for the same investor dollars. The treasuries are generally considered the safest because they're backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Then you have the mortgage markets, which typically speaking will pay you a little bit more, and, but they compete. Right? They generally have pretty good credit metrics. Mm-hmm. In my mind, in some cases, if it's well-qualified, tantamount to the Fed, federal uh, government's you know, bond you know, commitments. Right. So they tend to compete for the same dollars. But if you have confidence over the long term that the market's going to be strong, the 10-year ten, the ten will rise. If you're more confident in the near term, people are they're more focused here because there's more questionable like, future. We don't know what's going to happen in 10 years from now. Right. I think there's been a little bit of that polarity in the markets, but mm-hmm. the problem is the yield curve is still inverted. And I'm making a very complicated thing very simple on purpose. Okay, so don't get in my DMs saying Chris, you explained it wrong. I know I did it on purpose. Okay. <laughs> the, here's the way I keep trying to tell people: did a room laugh out there? Was that what that was? That was me. That was you. Okay. Yeah. Um, the short end of the curve, the shorter shorter duration treasuries, mm-hmm. are still above the tenure. It's still inverted. We saw it got close to a flat curve, like yes. where it was about the same, but at some point in time, that inversion has to come out. Right, and the only way that happens, ten-year rises up, or the shorter end of the curve drives two-year, three-year starts to come drops down. down. Right, I think there's a world where both happen. Yeah. Okay. Ten-year rises a little bit, shorter end of the treasuries drop down, and you get a normal, healthy curve. Right. That, curve. that is a healthy economy, right? But, but how, What does that do? that pushes mortgage rates back up no matter what happens with the fed funds rate yes because despite popular belief they are not interconnected mm-hmm. they just have influences on one another exactly so i believe the
1: mortgage rates are always within a 2 to 3% range above like the 10 year right? yes yes right that's why you're seeing if if right now the 10 year is at 4.4% or wherever it's at today it's approximately 3 percentage points higher yeah. right um so if if that starts to creep up then so will mortgage rates
0: yeah and i think you're gonna see that and i I think this this whole optimism about rates going down to six or seven percent is probably a little overzealous in my mind i think there are external factors which will keep those those values up for for some time yeah from business insider home prices are falling fastest in these 25 cities helping buyers escape the least affordable housing market since 1985 Mm, i wasn't even born the year my wife was born. Is she older than you, my wife? She doesn't look it. No, she looks like she's five, but I mean, I'm just, Jesus. my wife looks young. Five? She looks young, dude. Hey, she hey, she hey, come dude, on, I, you here, can't come No, no, can't. no, let me explain okay, before you get all weird about it. She, she went to a dermatologist and she had her skin, like, worked on constantly. And, then, and like, the dermatologist keeps notes of her skin and my skin because I went to see the same one. She called me about my notes. My notes were not very complimentary. Okay. I got fucked up skin, apparently. So I said, can I see my wife's notes? And she goes, uh, normally I'd say no, but I, I can let you see this. And I said, okay, that's weird. Said, skin of a five-year-old, flawless. She has not like a single blemish on her face. It's, wow. it's not fucking fair, dude. Well, that, that's great. That's great for you guys. I mean, it's great for my son, but I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm going to be the one that looks old. Nobody wants to be the one that looks old in a relationship. You want to be the one that looks young. Wisdom, man. Nobody cares about wisdom. They're like, wisdom. damn, Chris aged and Joanna didn't. That's not good.
1: Maybe people, maybe we'll start to really pick up some following if people think that we're older and wiser and they go, like, oh, "These guys know what they're
2: talking about."
0: We just talked about making a shit index.
2: And both got white beards. If, if people don't know that already, then we're
0: fucked. Yeah. The, even, even my uh, even, even my uh, animated version had a white <laughs> beard. It looked, looked like an angry Marvel character. Yeah, shit. you look <laughs> like you had like a hanger going. It was like yeah, yeah it's it's not not a good thing. But thank you for. Having that made make me look like a jackass. All right, before I forget, the business insider article, this this is important. This is a huge, huge thing that I think is lost on so many people. Okay. Ruin, scroll up to the uh, the chart there on the bottom. There you go. The US housing affordability since 1981. This is of course from the National Association of Realtors. It shows the index of how affordable things are. And we've seen the drop-off be probably the biggest drop off in affordability we've ever seen since 1981.
1: How does it track this? What 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 is it trying to compare, right? It's trying to compare your wages with uh, home prices? Home prices and interest rates, yes. Yes, okay. So when it starts to drop off, that means the affordability is terrible.
0: So essentially the three things that we talked about needed to change in order to have better affordable pricing, this yeah. effectively tracks, right? Okay. And it, it has been the steepest decline in the shortest period of time, I think in history, frankly, but you know, don't take my word for it. Look at, look at the chart. That being said, what this is indicative of is a really, really important concept that is often mischaracterized in the media. People say supply and demand drive the market. If the housing supply goes up, then demand goes down because there's more out there. If demand goes up and supply doesn't, then values, where do they go? They go up. Mm-hmm. People keep citing this back and forth, right? And we've always said in the show, demand without affordability is not demand. Okay, what do we know happened? There has not been a massive amount of deliveries to the market, right? Right. So... If supply is not, the, is not influencing this, how, how have we seen the change in prices? It's because demand went down. Right. But why does demand go down if supply didn't go up? Because the supply and demand argument is always supposed to be this balance, right?
1: No, there's, a third, there's another element to this. Pricing. Right.
0: Affordability. 25 of these cities where home prices are, quote, plummeting now. That's the, that's the quote from the article, okay? Yeah. And uh, they're, they're pretty impactful. So, Arun, scroll down to some of the cities here. Just go, Let's go one at a time um there's a go keep going keep going there you go number one austin we've talked about them on the show quite a bit year over year price change 10.3 percent down
1: they're included in that sun belt region that we always talk about
0: they are included in the sun belt region
1: very good yeah. you do listen to me sometimes i do That's
0: so cute number two honolulu they get a lot of sun there negative 5.8 percent yeah yeah huge huge number jackson mississippi
1: i did not think they'd make this list
0: negative
2: wow. 4.8 isn't that one hgtv show on there
0: which one's like, that uh the girl with the short hair and um i gotta be honest Said and i don't know what the fuck you're talking about i'm just saying <laughs> well, no because i, I well watch so i'm not gonna fake the fun the girl with the short hair which one was that I, I, we don't watch never girls. Mind. who cares have you seen a woman since you got married who they're women i, I don't think i've ever seen a woman i got married in like it's like they all just went think, away. Like this, Thanos just like snapped his fingers <laughs> and they're just gone. Exactly. I haven't seen a woman in a long time. Thanos,
1: dude. Yeah. The greatest villain of all time.
0: No, no Loki. No way, man.
1: He wasn't, he wasn't that much of a villain. You haven't seen the final arc. you got to see the final arc of his character.
0: Come on, man. I know he's a great villain, but dude, he was. you got to see the final arc Thanos of his Thanos was, was so. You know what? If you're listening to this show and you haven't watched Lo- Loki on Disney+, Plus, do yourself a favor. If we teach you nothing about finances, I'm okay with that. I'm fine. Really? You're okay? Yeah, I'm, I mean, we suck. We know it. Okay, but just watch Loki. I've given you that much, okay?
1: But you Welcome. need to know the whole thing.
0: You no, keep... you don't. You just need to see the final arc of the character. The final arc of itself, just in and of itself, Guys, is amazing.
1: You're in infatuation
0: with Loki. It was a great series, man. Good for you, man. <sighs> Shreveport, Louisiana, down negative 4.6%. be honest, never heard of Shreveport. What? Just being honest. Cape Coral, Florida, down three point six percent. Really, never heard of Streetport. That's weird. Yeah. Saint George, Utah, like Johnny Utah, mm-hmm. down negative three point six percent. I wonder are some of these
1: uh, some of these locations areas that re- saw a boom during the pandemic?
0: Some were, yeah, certainly. Number seven, Provo, Utah, down negative three point five percent, attributable solely to the fact that it houses that d bag Chris Crone. Mm-hmm. Nobody DM me his shit anymore. I'm so tired of seeing him. He is a scumbag. He is a liar. He is not real. Everything he says is bullshit, meant to get clickbait. He is not a good human being. And if you want any record of that, just Google his name. You'll see the massive lawsuit that he was in for fraud. Wow. Not there that you I know. did that. Hey, Utah getting hit hard tonight. Number eight, Logan, Utah. Also neighboring city the Provo, apparently. because Chris Crone Apparently, you know, brings the whole value down <laughs> everywhere he goes. Number nine, San Antonio. They didn't even bother to put Texas. They just said San Antonio.
1: <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Number
0: 10, Baton Rouge. Down 2.9%. Uh, Kennewick, Washington, 2.5%. Macon, Georgia. Jacksonville, Florida. Chico, California. Okay, Chico. Myrtle yeah. Beach, South Carolina. Punta Gorda, Florida. Salem, Oregon. And we'll just stop there. Yeah. Because the rest on. of them just get more and more obscure. But that being said, yes, home values are going down. And none of these markets mm. had a massive supply come online. Right. The closest one you can get is number one on the list, and that's Austin. They had a lot of deliveries in the market. Yeah. But that being said, look, demand without affordability is not demand, and all the things that we're seeing are concerning. Now, you'll see some realtors out there saying, not my market. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. That doesn't mean it's not going to be their market sooner or later. And just to go back to the beginning of the show, the whole point is the Fed is watching this. Yes. It is indicative in their mind of success at what they are trying to accomplish. That existing sales number that you
1: referenced uh previously, that was down five percent for the month of October, correct? Existing sales, the number of units that were sold. Right?
0: I gotta be honest, I got a message in my watch. I didn't listen to anything you just said to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the existing sales number that we referenced right right before this for the month of October was down five percent. Yeah. And I know that for the, you know, existing sales market. That makes up 80% of all sales, yes, right? Yes. So that's a huge portion. And if a majority, you cited at the top of the show, mm. 40% of people out there don't have a mortgage. Yeah. Why would they you know, put themselves in this kind of position? Now, Now let's think about the people who do have a mortgage, the remaining 60%, mm. right? We know 90% of people have mortgages of 6% or less. 60% of those people have mortgages of 4% or less. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have to be pretty fucking enticing to
0: get them out of their homes. Which is a conundrum. And I understand how this is unprecedented. And I understand how this can move the wrong way. But let's talk about where it's so fucked up right now. Let's, let's not depart from how bad things are. Okay, from Fortune, to buy or not to buy, that is the question. Mm. B of A reveals rent is cheaper than mortgages in all but two of 97 major metros. What are the two? I got to know the two. We'll get there. This is a long quote again. I apologize. The B of A economists took a look at the rent versus buy conundrum. Comparing rent and mortgage payments, they included property taxes in their calculation, but excluded home insurance, utilities, and maintenance costs, which, okay, fine. Yeah. Nonetheless, their analysis found that rent was still cheaper than mortgages in all but two of the 97 major metropolitan areas. As of October, despite the fact that both rents and mortgages payments have gotten more expensive relative to median income since the pandemic. It's not hard to understand this, given that the whips and scorns of the pandemic let millions perchance dream of a different way of life. There's a lot of fucking Shakespeare references. <laughs> the, the chance r- to dream Yeah, I, I get you. I see what this writer's doing, okay?
1: Yeah, who is it? Al- Elena? Elena? Elena and Botros. Nick. Elena and and Nick.
0: Nick Lichtenberg. I feel oh, like this is Nick. This is... <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick's getting sassy for sure. English lit major, yeah. Bitch, come on, Nick.
1: (laughs) English lit.
0: Anyway, uh, perchance to dream a different way of life and a different housing situation, sending home prices up more than forty percent nationwide and fueling a rent spike that has settled down faster than the buying market. Yeah, man. There's the rub. Another Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Shakespeare here. What's
1: your favorite Shakespeare?
0: Much ado about nothing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Macbeth. Stop it. That's the only one you knew, huh? Uh, Stop it. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet. Come on. If you didn't know Romeo and Juliet, you should just leave now. Just stop. (laughs) Yeah. No,
1: Macbeth was awesome.
0: Yeah. you buying the whole Shakespeare? William Shakespeare was not a real thing. It wasn't a real human. It was uh, actually a a city that wanted to get some tourist attraction.
1: Never heard of that.
0: Oh, yeah. Put your tinfoil hat on. Yeah. I never took it off. But, yeah. Apparently, there's a whole, like, um theory that william shakespeare was not actually a person but a made-up person by a city to get more tourism in so they collaboratively wrote these things instead of one person doing it. Mm.
1: Yeah. i don't know if
0: it's true or not but i've heard it
1: damn that's some real tinfoil hat shit right there
0: i mean not really
1: how do you really that's a stretch
0: no more than a stretch than aliens not existing because we know they did they, they do they did exist they did yeah yeah they're real anyway there's the rub <laughs> It's worse in some places than others. Along with the West Coast, economists found it more expensive to purchase a home than rent in cities like Los Angeles, where a percentage of median income mortgage payments and tax are at 83% and rent is 41%. Or San Jose, where it's 80% versus 26%. Or San Francisco, where it's 71% versus 29%. Or San Diego, where it's 74% versus 38%. Or Seattle. Where it's 55% versus
1: 25%. So what they're saying there is that the mortgage payment makes up of, let's just say 55%, right? 55% of their income versus the rent that would make up 25%. Yeah.
0: Fucking A, man. It's a huge, it's a huge shit. Look at
1: that. And you got San Jose 80% versus 26%. Mm-hmm. San Jose's
0: got one of the highest uh, increasing values in the country. I
1: Listen, let me tell you something right now. All right. I love Mind Pump, Mind Pump, Mind Pump.
0: Yeah, Shoot. I'll be there next week. Holiday party. You going? I love them. <laughs>
1: way on my invite bros. <laughs> that was that was that was fucked up. It was fucked up. Yeah, yeah it was meant to be.
0: I told him I was gonna bring you in a skirt. <laughs> i'm Just gonna call you Joanna on it
1: <laughs> I don't have the skin of a five year old. <laughs> you do not <laughs> have the skin of a five year old. Yeah. Oh. But uh I'll tell you right now, there's not a world where I would pay that much to live in San Jose.
0: To buy in San Jose. I <laughs> or San Francisco. Have you seen the cracked in? The, the, oh, God, it's so bad now. Don't
1: say that to Odum. Odum would still buy.
0: In San Francisco? Yeah. I don't think you would. I, I love our stuff, man. I can, you're I, a family man now. Don't think about you. Selfish bastard. Yeah, we can't That's... raise a family downtown. You can't have that going on in your backyard. Oh, you during my PTO, it. they're trying to
2: convince me, like, oh, dude, like, raise your family in San Francisco. I was like, why? They're like, we have a
0: park. I'm like, mm, one park. Okay. Oh, so people that were in San Francisco try to get... Oh, mis- yeah. Misery loves company, bro. That's, yep. that's different. Yeah, It's not so bad. I've only stepped on one needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only yeah. saw two crack pipes last uh, week. The best
2: is everyone that lived in the city at one point that did start a family have moved out. To the yeah, level. of course,
0: because they didn't want to die. <laughs> I get that. Right. But there's also cities like New York where it's 62% versus 43%. Meanwhile, New Orleans and Jackson, Mississippi are the only two cities... That are less expensive to buy than to rent, according to their analysis. Jackson, Mississippi, sound familiar, say? Yeah, it was on the list. It was on the previous list of cities with the lowering home values.
1: Yeah, exactly. Damn, New Orleans, you got to get your shit together.
0: Realtor.com's recent rental report published in late October found that for the fifth straight months, rents had dropped. It's becoming more economical to rent than to buy in nearly all major markets, Daniel Hale, chief economist at realtor.com, said in a statement at the time. An earlier report showed that the cost of buying a starter home was significantly more expensive on a month-to-month basis than the cost of renting a similar sized home. And that was true in forty-seven of the top 50 metros.
1: So if you were somebody that was looking to buy your first starter home. Yeah. Okay. And let's say you're one of our listeners that's, you know, up and coming. They've they got them. now in the workforce, they've started to save up some money, and they're going to wait this out for prices to come down a little bit and become a little bit more affordable. A lot of people make the mistake, and I was I was one of, one of these people. I was that person that made this mistake where I bought my first home. My wife and I bought our first home that really stretched us pretty thin as far as our cash flow. I think everybody's that person. Yeah, and it, we you know we we got married. We we bought our. First home, I think a year and a half into our marriage, excited to start a family, you know, and saw ourselves living somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, for a long time. Yeah. Um, And then quickly realized that, oh, wait a minute, this is not the school district we wanted kids to be growing up in. We really, you know, pulled the trigger too quickly. Um, Something that I wish somebody would have, you know, told me or made me think of early on is, you know, don't stretch yourself out so thin it's your first starter home. Get a place that you can ultimately keep and use as an investment property afterwards because when you stretch yourself out too thin you almost are forced to have to sell that home in order to buy your next home
0: you know the home that we live in right now was originally purchased to be an investment property right yes yeah yeah Yeah. people always give me shit all the time like oh it's so small you can afford a bigger place blah blah blah. you don't have a front mm-hmm. yard or backyard and i'm like yeah it was supposed to be a, like a rental property right i moved into it it was like i was like fuck it it's cheaper than my rent yeah. So I, I just went into it. Yeah.
1: I, it was, and it was something that I wish. It, it, it's easy for, you know, as if you're just starting out with your significant other to, you know, you could live in a smaller place. It's just you too. That's what on. we did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we never moved. Yeah. I, I like smaller places for a number of reasons that most people can't identify with. Do I ever look at someone's house and be like, oh, my God, it's way bigger than mine. And be like, oh, my God, like, you know, I've got like house in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. But of course, um, yeah. do I like the proximity to everybody in my family? I love it
1: yeah yeah i mean the, the current the current house that we're in now i it's significantly smaller than our last place and what i like about it is i could see i could see us living there even after the kids move out because it's not it's, it's not too big
0: so just to clarify the current palazzo which is significantly bigger than my home now like 3x what That's oh th- how many square footage is your place 1900 okay Mine is eleven eighty, including a garage. That's three X, Chris. Do the maths. That's three X. <laughs> Do the maths. Your other house was significantly bigger than that one. Yes, it many, was. What was coming? What that? It was over three thousand. Woo! Yeah, it was Woo!
1: all. It was. It was inland, bro. Woo! We're talking Riverside. They had a
0: loft. You had the entire city of Riverside. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You I, that? I had the the whole subdivision of the gated community.
0: So when is your Pangani being? I uh, believe. <laughs> nice reference. Yeah.
1: You'll, you'll get that on, on a future episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we could go on to more articles. We got a lot to cover. I what happened with Sam Alton? What's what's going on with him now? He's back. He's back, he's back at OpenAI, right? Yeah. Was you okay there, Chief? Me? It's been a long night voice squeaking well, that right happened now. a few times it's been happening yeah you know good for you guys for not taking advantage of that until now
1: yeah we're above you that's what it is no i'm, I'm, we're I'm just I'm, better
0: i'm recovering no fuck you you're on pto still okay <laughs> he's still drunk i'm i'm literally recovering from a cold
1: yeah uh so yeah sam altman the former ceo of open ai now back again as ceo as from uh, open ai is back again cuz right. i think what they um what they were afraid of is like wait these people are really going to leave <laughs> you know, like 700 out of 770 employees are going to leave? Well, that's a fucking problem. That's a problem. And, you know, Microsoft was like, you know, we're going to need you to go over there and run that whole thing again.
0: For sure he sells to Microsoft after he gets rid of the board. hundred percent. Yeah. He gets rid of the board, sells to Microsoft. Is that how that works? Does he, I mean, how, how could he even begin that process? Technically speaking, as a CEO, you're not capable of just unilaterally choosing your board members. Right. They have to choose one another.
1: But the board, we talked about it on, on that episode, that the board always has to do what's in the best interest of the company or what they believe. Mm-hmm. And clearly they made a decision that was in the worst interest of the company if 700 employees were threatening to resign. So I think that's enough grounds to ask them, y'all got to get the fuck out because y'all don't know what you're doing.
0: I don't know that you can just ask like that. There's a fiduciary challenge there. But certainly the, that whole thing needs to be unpacked and, and, and unraveled a little yeah. bit. Yeah. We have some reviews. I let's, would very much like to get into those reviews. Let's if you get into would. them. Do me the honor. The Honest Five Star Reviews. Which one do you want to go with first? I like the one that refers to your sleeping habits as being um, <laughs> medically problematic.
1: Medically problematic. You yeah. know, they call this the silent killer. This from D. Vitus.
0: D. Vitus. I think you were absolutely spot on. Clearly, you have skills beyond your own... Working knowledge, you're I, I think, frankly, you're, you're a man of the people.
1: <laughs> or woman of the people. Or woman of the
0: people, yeah. I, I just think whoever is whoever that left this review cares about you. And I, I thank D. Vitas, from the bottom of my soul, yeah. for saying what we all thought.
1: Yeah, so five stars. Entertaining and informative. I have my kids listening.
0: Thank you. Oh, uh, we love your kids. And I apologize for all the poop references we made.
1: Yeah, that Odin makes, right? Yeah, he yeah. makes us do them. He makes us. He forced us. He, he's the true villain. We've all learned a lot more than I thought we would. On a side note, Saeed, sleeping all night, not feeling rested. Sleep apnea. Ask the wife if you snore.
0: He does. I've I've uh, confirmed. I mean, um, his wife has confirmed. Uh, shit. <laughs> 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 I've I've heard that he snores.
1: <laughs> no, I actually do not snore that that bad. The the, the problem is I'm not getting good rest because. We've made a pact in our house, so
0: I don't like where this is going.
1: No, for the long why? (laughs) For the longest time, we uh we trained we sleep trained our kids very very well, and um they've slept in their beds till you know the age of three and never spend a night in our bed. And all of our friends started telling us how amazing it is that their kids sleep with them in their bed. And my wife and I looked at each other like, "Fuck, did we miss out?" So now we've implemented a rule where. If the, ki- the kids are allowed to sleep in our bed so long as they wake up in the middle of the night. So you got to start off sleeping in your bed. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, due to any reason, you're more than welcome to come join us. So it's now becoming every single night, one of them, if not both of them, are making their way in. And I'm getting need in my like kidney, R- like routinely all night. So I'm not getting good sleep. I am sleeping through the night, but I think that's what it is. And I'm okay with that.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Hard to sleep with you guys ever. Uh, we'll we'll go to his bed and sleep with him. One of us will. Mm. But uh, and in the morning he'll come in for like a little bit and cuddle for maybe like a little bit. But generally yeah. speaking, uh, he won't come to our bed. He won't come in. Okay.
1: So now next review. This one. Um, I let the listeners decide. Uh.
0: How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? How Dare you? Someone took the time out of their and I appreciate you. Very lucrative day. Dan Serrano. To tell us about how appreciative they are for what we've been able to help them accomplish. Yeah. How dare you? Danny from Fresno, Texas. I wonder if
1: Raul will put him up to this. I don't care. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Five stars. These guys
0: saved my life. You're welcome. That's what we do. Uh, you can uh, call me McDreamy. That's the second or third time someone's uh, referred to me as Lifesaver today. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wish they could... Save your own voice. I'm not going to touch the McDreamy thing, by the way. Yeah, I floated that for you. I'm not. No. (laughs) I was on the brink of bankruptcy. Now I make $3 million a week and on my way to own a mansion. A plus. Yeah.
0: You're welcome. What color is your pingani?
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Oh, that was good. Some people out there are like, "What the fuck's a Bengani? Good, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah a lot. not not yeah. Some a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just... let me say you're gonna have to Google it. Yeah, you'll have to find out. It's a very expensive car. Yeah,
1: yeah. Odin, you got anything?
2: Um, this is a show I was talking about. Hometown.
0: Jesus Christ, we're still in this.
2: Yeah, I've Jackson. never heard of, of the show
1: my it, entire life. Is that part of? Yeah, what they do is it's they Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, they 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 always start off with two homes: one that's already nicely built, and one that's kind of run down. And a family will buy it as their fixer up or starter home, and they'll come in and do it all for them.
0: Why do you know that? Because he doesn't watch the
1: show. No, because I, I watched a couple of episodes, yeah.
0: And why did you watch a couple of episodes? Because the
1: girl with the short no, hair. Oh, dude, I like this guy's good. Oh, <laughs> he, this, guy, this
0: guy does great woodwork.
2: Oh, he's hella funny. Too.
1: He's hella funny, too. I think we have different levels of funny. <laughs> Different definition. I am
0: very, very perplexed by the two of you right now. I feel like this is something. Odin,
1: you, you can't call Danny McBride funny and also call this guy funny.
0: No, Danny McBride is a fucking national treasure. How
1: yeah, I'm saying you? you can't, he can't put them on the same level.
0: No, Danny is McBride's not funny. A, a national icon. This guy's a two when it comes to humor. No, not if Danny McBride's in the, in the equation. No.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's off the charts, no. dude. Yeah.
0: How dare you? Odin, you got anything?
1: Nope, done. He's done. You got anything, Christopher?
0: Uh, not after that. No. Yeah.
1: Can't believe we ended on hometown.
0: That's so disappointing.
1: It's
2: okay. I, how about this then? No, please don't. <laughs> Nothing.
0: Nothing's gonna fall. Yeah, there. give Just, us something. In, in it now. Give us in, some, in it now. <laughs> give us something from Belize. Take me out of yeah, the country.
2: Um, no one go to Belize unless you like snorkeling or diving.
0: Okay. So, you don't fall for this shit. You know what he's doing? What is he doing? Have you not seen this before? No. He's trashing the PTO that he just took. Saying what a <laughs> shitty time he was. You're good. So he can go back wow. on PTO yeah, again.
2: I am on PTO in two
0: weeks. See? See? <laughs> you fucking did this. You bought into that shit.
1: Going to
2: Chicago.
0: <laughs> oh, you're fucking going to Chicago too, aren't you? It's his oh, PTO, man.
1: It's his PTO, man, not mine. They're I'm using record- my PTO. I'm recording podcasts on my own? No, man. We have-, we have backups. We already have it. Fuck you.
0: We don't have it yet. I got to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We did it. No, I got to edit that shit. Come on, let's That last it. episode is going to be no, a whole fucking all, problem. No, we're all going to edit. For the record, just for those of you listening. This, this, this is all in-house. Yeah, if we, if we don't say something fucked up and somebody says something fucked up on the show, it's not attributable to us. Please see the disclaimer at the bottom of the show. Okay? <laughs> this is for
1: entertainment purposes only. We yeah. can't be in control of other people's entertainment.
0: I can't make somebody not say fucked up shit. Okay. That's all I'm saying. That's all I can say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well done.
0: Yeah. Good job. You get out of the way now. <laughs> exactly. <You get>
1: out <laughs>
2: We're going to have to do it again, again for the next episode, too. Yeah,
0: It was for the next episode. I'm doing it on the end of this episode. Yeah. So anybody's going to be like, oh, my God, I listened to that episode, and you didn't make a disclaimer until the very end where I cut out before. No, bitch. <laughs> 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 I'm going to show early. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly.
1: Good job. Well done. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye.